So you're thinking of having an abortion and you're thinking ahead a little bit to when the baby would be born and the financial impact and the life impact because a baby changes everything. Babies are insanely expensive, raising them from, from birth to, to college and, and beyond. And it changes your schedule, it changes your routines, it changes your plans that you had for your life. And you just don't know if you're ready to go through with all of that, or even if you can. Well, I want you to think back at a couple of years. Think back to your 16th birthday. And imagine that for your 16th birthday, somebody bought you a car, like a nice car. Um, I don't know what your definition of a nice car is, but let's just say it's like a, like a $50,000 car. Really sweet looking. And it's, they take you outside, it's there, it's, it's in the driveway, and they say, it's yours. We got this for you, for your birthday. It was expensive, we sacrificed, it was, you know, it was great. Uh, but we were glad to do it because we, we want you to have this car. And you are thrilled. You did not see this coming. And so you go to the car and you open the door and you close the door and, uh, and you hold out your hand to get the keys from the person who gave you the car. And they give you a funny look. Like, like why are you doing that? Why are you holding out your hand? And you say, because, well, I, I need the keys to use the car. And they say... Oh, we weren't going to give you the keys. <laughs> we just wanted you to have the car. Would that happen? <laughs> no, nobody buys someone a car and then refuses to give them the keys. Like nobody buys the bigger thing and then fails to give you the smaller things that you will need in, in order to actually use that bigger thing. Well, the same principle applies with the life that God placed inside of your womb. That life is a big thing. It's massive. It's huge. God put it there. And if God gave you the big thing, he's not going to fail to also provide the smaller things so that the smaller things that that life can use and will need so that that life can be useful as it continues to go through life. There's a passage in the Bible in, um, in one of the portions of the Bible called Matthew, written by a disciple of Jesus named Matthew, where Jesus is talking and he quotes Jesus as, as saying, isn't life more important than food and isn't, isn't, isn't the body more important than, um, than clothes? You know, life and the body, those are the big things. God knows that. And he also knows that our lives and our bodies, we need food and we need clothing. And so he was saying, I'm, I'm not going to fail to provide the smaller things that your life needs in order to keep going. God gave you the big thing. He'll also give you the small things. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be the one who will provide those smaller things for the life inside your womb. You know, right now, if you were to go around the world and just look at all the children in the world, if you could, Millions of those children, right now, are children who have been adopted. Millions of them. They grew in one woman's womb. But they're being raised 
by someone different. For any number of reasons. But that's okay. And right now in the world, if you were to go around the world and if you were to look at all the adults in the world at the same time, do you know what you would see? You'd see millions of adults who are hoping and praying for a child that they can adopt. That's what you would see. But whether it's you or somebody else who's raising that child, God will not fail to provide everything that the life and the body of that child, everything that they need. But whether it's you or somebody else, there's one thing you need to keep in mind about the future while it's on our minds. And that point that you need to keep in mind about the future is this. You don't need to know the details of the future in order to feel good walking into it. There's another story in the Bible that, that, that teaches that lesson. It's about a woman named Hagar. And Hagar, Hagar had a son uh, born in a, a very tense relationship, very complex. And it came to the point that Hagar was being kicked out of the house. And Hagar was being forced to take her son with her. And Hagar wasn't going to leave her son behind. But, but so Hagar and her son were kicked out of the house. And they lived in a place that was pretty much all desert. And so they left with no support, with no help. They went out into the desert and Hagar tried to live and provide for her son along the way. But eventually came to the point where she had nothing left to give. She had no more resources. Everything was used up. No money, no food for her or for her son. With the little bit that she did have left, she, she gave them one, one last meal. And she knew that was going to be it. And she couldn't bear the thought of watching her son die from starvation. And so she took her son and placed him underneath a bush. And the boy started crying. And so did she. As she walked away in the other direction. Because she could not bear to see what was about to happen. But then something happened that she wasn't expecting. God spoke to her from heaven and said, Hagar, why are you crying? A question that would have been easy for her to answer. <laughs> but then God said, you don't need to be afraid, Hagar. I have heard the boy crying. God was listening from heaven and he heard the boy crying. He heard his tears and then he did something else. And then he said, Hagar, go, go pick up your son and go in that direction, pointed her in a direction. And then it says that God opened her eyes so that she saw a spring of water so that the two of them who had been dying literally of, of thirst were able to get a drink of wonderful, wonderfully refreshing water. And she didn't see it before. She didn't know it was there. But God did. And God opened her eyes so that she could see something different that she didn't even know to look for. And then it says, it kind of tells us the rest of the story in a very short time, that they continued to live in the desert, that they grew up in the desert. So obviously they, they found food and water somehow in the desert. 
Um, it says that the son, whose name was Ishmael, he became an archer. So that became his profession. He found meaningful work that filled him up with good things in the desert. And it also says that in the desert, mom eventually found a nice young lady that her son could marry. And so he even ended up finding a spouse in the desert. And would you ever expect to go out into the desert and find enough food and water to live for your entire life and meaningful work that'll fill you up with joy every single day and also a spouse <laughs> in the desert? They didn't even know to look for those things. They didn't know those things were in their future. But God did. God knew. Just like he knows what you will need in your future. And he has promised to give whatever is needed both to you and to your child. That's another promise that God gives in the Bible. He points us to a gift that God has already given. The life of Jesus whose entire life was dedicated to loving others and sacrificing everything he had, even his own life, to make sure that we would have everything we need forever. And it says if God didn't even spare Jesus, if he didn't even hold back the, his most valuable possession and he gave that to us, that's big. And if he gave us the big thing, whatever other things you need, whatever other things your child needs, whether or not you can see them coming, God already knows how they will. God will not fail to provide all that you need. My friends, we're here to help. And if you or someone you know is struggling to understand the topic of abortion better from God's word, we have resources available please visit timeofgrace.org slash abortion.